Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for a video podcast and any of your other MMA inquiries. Ed, I survived another BKFC weekend, only to get back to the news that uh, Mike Perry has signed with BKFC. Uh you know, not maybe not the greatest character fighter of all time, but I feel like that's just where he needs to be, though. Yeah, no, it makes like, sense. Given makes... his fighting style, like that's exactly where he should be. Um, yeah. You know, Can't like if, if he's looking to to pick up like a decent win string, like you know, because he's always back and forth. I feel like that that's you know tailor made for him. The way he his the way he fights. I mean, he doesn't seem like he likes to entertain. Although, although he does grapple, he did a submission underground, so I think he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. So it's not like he doesn't, you know, like mixing the martial arts. It's just not what arts. he wants to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point in his career, um, I think he made his run in the UFC. Uh, did, yeah, they, no, did they? Did uh, they? You were there. Did they? Mm-hmm. Did they? Um, like hint at it at all during the event? No, I had no no idea at mm. all that that was going down. Uh, just the reporting from uh, Eric Cal, uh, seeing his reports about a, a female and a male. Uh, person apparently signing with BKFC. So, you know, there's no inside information, it sounds like, but, uh, you know, Mike Perry was guest and that one was right. So we'll see if uh, the other rumor apparently is Joanna Jinjacek, uh, which is ha- almost hard to believe. But at this point, who knows what the UFC is, is trying to do as far as cutting salaries. And, you know, when you got the contender series and you're yeah. in five, six people a week, uh, yeah, you know, you got to make room somehow. Yeah. I know of, uh, uh... I, I almost mentioned, so like I mentioned him every other week, but shout out to, uh, you know, um, Combat Sports Law, Eric McGracken. Um, he, 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 I forget what he called it. He's like, Data White Contender Series is almost like the, uh, the, I forget the what scabs, he called it. Like the scabs? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah, I, did, I did see that tweet. Let, letting, letting the senior fighters know that, you know, you, you can always get cut because we got fresh blood coming in. So, <laughs> but, um, I don't know if that, I mean, I feel like I don't. I mean, I still would like to know where BKFC gets their money from, and um, get, getting Joanna to sign with them. I mean, she seems like she only wants to do, you know, to quote Tony Ferguson, champ shit only. Mm-hmm. So, like on, on a global scale, and I think UFC is closer to that than BKFC would be. So, I don't know. Maybe that I, I think that that thing about her being removed from the rankings. It may just be for just that due to inactivity. Because inactivity that yeah. makes the most sense. I mean, it would be hard to believe that she would be a free agent and you wouldn't hear about it, and you wouldn't have Bellator and other people uh, at least bidding for her known mm-hmm. free agency. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that one might be more far fetched. The the Perry one makes sense from the beginning, um, but you know, yeah, I don't know where they're getting the money. I know they do have some investors and, and some stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, but. Uh, I have no idea. I just know that they put on a good show. Uh, I, you know, went out to Wichita this past weekend and the fight card was, uh, I, I don't know if it was just coincidence due to some of the uh, backlash from the, the Justin Thornton passing, but uh, I, we had decisions. We had fights going into second, third round. Mm-hmm. Um, the main event, Julian Lane and, and uh, David Rickles was one of their better fights in the history of the organization. It was a yeah. fight around back and forth war. So I don't know if the matchmaking, I don't know if they tightened it up a little bit for this event. It's hard, I don't, I doubt it because I think most of these fights were probably made prior to the news of, of the passing. But um, I think this was oh, a card. 
my old boss, Joseph, Joseph Correa, <laughs> Mr. Ring Generalship himself. That's the man right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a long uh, conversation about using that. That's why I always giggle when we say it on the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, but uh, no, fun show. Uh, decent crowd. Uh, and like I said, competitive fights. Nobody got, you know, nobody got taken out on stretchers or nothing. It was kind of a, kind of a more even keel BKFC event, but uh, you saw the, the, some of the matchmaking was good. Um, Marciano Hernandez, well, the brother of Nico Hernandez, the Olympian who fought last October, made his debut, looked outstanding, quick hand speed. Um, so, you know, it, they, they're putting on good shows and they seem to have a, something going, uh, you know, kind of, it's kind of a regional thing that they're, but they're bouncing around between these yeah. States. And, um, yeah. Sorry. I'm looking around here. It. We got a, you know, that Nor'easter is passing through New Jersey. So it's like blown on, on the, building i live in but um yeah no one thing i wanted to say to you was uh it seemed like i mean like again i think because of the bad news that they got i feel like um this event wasn't trending the way we, we always talk about how everybody knocks bkfc till it happens and then it trends and it seemed like this event wasn't trending as much and i feel like it's because they're now they have this dark cloud over them that they kind of have to work past so um, we'll see if the, the signing of Mike Perry, but from what I understand that fight with, uh, the main event was, uh, probably one of their better fights. Um, I was actually kind of, I don't understand the, the, I know there was some beef. Did you go to the weigh-ins or no? No, I tried, but I got some false information. I had trouble tracking them down. Um, oh, so okay. no, that I didn't end up making the weigh-ins, but, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the main fight was good. There was, a, there was some clinching, um, but that's you know in a good fight that's kind of natural because you got yeah. two guys that are really beating up each other and um it was it was all the way to the bell both guys uh mm. putting pressure on each other so it actually you know the crowd loved it uh, i took some people that had never even seen the sport or even heard of it and they left that night you know not only fans of bkfc uh but fans of uh Mr. Uh, Emilianenko, uh, after watching uh, his his fight in yes, Bellator earlier that day, I don't know if you can see the colors. I got the sweater on tonight. <laughs> got the new puppy in the background, so sh- uh, shamelessly looking for uh, dog love reviews this this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, you got to uh, bring it closer to camera when we close out the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> um, but um, yo, uh, listen, I I had I have a little bit of a gripe with the combat sports community because it seemed like the biggest thing that was going on that week for today's MMA fan was Paulo Costa and, and, uh, you know, Vittori and Costa not making the weight just cause he announced it all early or whatever that took, that seemed to take so much attention that it didn't seem like people realized Fedor was coming back after not fighting for since 2019, you know, and putting on the performance that he put on, and then today, uh, you saw I tweeted it out. Bellator released their rankings. Fedor is now the number three ranked heavyweight amongst the Bellator heavyweights. So, like, you know, it's like no one knew he was fighting because all this other bullshit was happening. Yeah, there's a media blackout though when it comes to Bellator. We, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> the reality of it. Um, you know, the people that talk and act like they, they care the most about the sport really only seem to channel one, one organization. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten used to that. Um, in the same token, Fedor is 45 years old. While these are not novelty fights, they are because because he is 
he, I mean, the bottom line is he's won what he's, he's won. He's, you know, other than, <laughs> other than Mitrion and Bader, he's knocked out everybody else that he's fought in Bellator. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he's beaten the guys that are put in front of him. Yeah. There was an older son and yeah. An older mirror. This was a different one. This was Tim Johnson who age wise mm-hmm. is right. There is a giant of a man. Um, very easily beat Kyrell Fortin. Be yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, reality is probably a top 20 heavyweight in the world, somewhere in that era, you know, range. But, you know, on any given night, he can beat anybody on this planet. And um, Fedor went out there and, you know, looked as good as we've seen him in a while. I was worried a little bit about his head movement early on, uh, but he mm. uh, he, he kind of got the timing. And once he got the timing down, he was really able to uh, to just, I mean, hit him with that three punch combination, which was as beautiful as any combination we've seen in in recent memory uh punch wise so i mean he's got the speed the speed's still there he's still got Mm -hmm. the power he just doesn't have the chin and he's not quite as you know as reflect you know is is, he's not as quick uh yeah no he took took the words right out of my mouth i mean i mean 45 it's up there for combat sports but the thing about the thing about uh, watching him fight um this past weekend i i i I haven't. I think the last fight that had me on my feet yelling at home watching it was uh, Moreno Figueiredo, both of them. <laughs> um, that's Texas. That's still the same fight. But uh, when that happened, I mean, I was so zeroed in and calm watching the fight. Like you said, watching because Johnson was doing the right things. Even um, what's his name said, commented on the head moving. McCarthy, McCarthy was talking about his head moving was moving off a of center line, but Fedor adjusted. I mean, the reflexes are still there. The power is absolutely still there. I mean, the the replays on social media don't do that finish justice because watching it on TV, I mean, the hearing those shots land, I was just like, like you could even see if you watch it again, <clears throat> I watched it twice already. If you watch it again, you can see Johnson not even try to contest. And like he falls back, his head bounces, and he actually like shakes his head to the referee like i'm done i'm not this that's i'm not trying to fight anymore today because because you could tell which that is which is what's happened you know you think of uh rampage did the same thing rampage ended up shaking his head on the ground mm-hmm. uh tim sylvia got dropped choked out and ended up shaking his head like you know mm-hmm. same kind of thing fedor tends to do that i think people just don't think that that much power really comes in his punches and i don't think they expect it now at his age but um you know i think it sets up a rematch with bader uh or, or at least another really good fight to see where he is. But the Bader fight is interesting, especially coming off the loss to Nemkov and, mm. and Corey Anderson. How does he do putting back on weight? The first fight was a one punch fight. We've learned that well, one punch fights can happen and the results can change uh, in, in a rematch. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's not my favorite matchup for him as you know, I'm not looking necessarily for him to be world champion. I'm just kind of looking for him to entertain me like he did again this Saturday. And like you said, jumping out of my chair, getting vocal yeah. with the well, win. Like there's not a lot of that these days. And let's and look at, I'm gonna, fans. I didn't plan on it, but the, let me bring up the, the rankings of, since they were just announced earlier today. So we can play with that because Ryan Bader is still the champ. And there's an interim champ in Valentin Mod- Modavsky. Uh-huh. So, um, cause that's, that's kind of like where I want to go before we move, move past this is, um, hold on. I'm bringing up the rankings with Bellator's, uh, from Bellator's website. Cause they make it look nice and, and gold looking. <laughs> here we go. So like, here's the heavyweight rankings, right? <clears throat> he wasn't ranked previously and he falls in at number three. I actually thought he was going to land at number two. Mm-hmm. So 
now he's got Che Congo in front of him, Moldavsky, who's the interim champ. And I mean, we know they're going to do Bader Moldavsky first. I would think that has to be done. First See, I, I, I would, I would argue maybe Moldovsky steps aside. Let's Bador fight Fedor. Mm. If Fedor wins, Fedor can retire the champion <laughs> and hand the belt basically over to Moldovsky. Mm. And if Fedor were to beat Emilianenko for a second time, then it sets up the major storyline with the Team Fedor guy mm. going after the title. I mean, that if I was the matchmaker, that's probably what I would do. As opposed, because if Moldovsky wins the championship. I don't. I don't see Fedor. Yeah, he's not going to fight his own guy, which is probably why he didn't want to answer retirement questions in the post-fight press conference. You know, you know, like yeah. that's probably because a lot of people were asking him. You know, are you going to hang it up? And he was like, I mean, I don't blame him because uh, even though the man seems emotionless, <laughs> you know, he was saying like, you know, this is definitely one of the highlights of my career being able to fight at home and on this scale and getting a win. You know, like he could have if he hangs it up, like. If on Friday he says, "Yeah, it's cool. I'm ranked number three, but I'm, I'm good," like I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be mad at that. No, no, and I think that he's got 40 wins. I mean, we're talking about a heavyweight that's yeah. 40 and six, and we're talking about a heavyweight that just had one of the cleanest knockouts. I mean, when we talk about older fighters in the history of the sport, generally we go Couture, but Couture was the wrestling base and was able to kind of, you know, dirty box and grind people. And then, you know, Crow Cop had a late run where he, he hurt some people, you know, in, in all dimensions of the game. But I, I don't remember many 45 year old guys throwing hands like, like Fedor did on Saturday. So. No. And he's just, uh, I mean, at his weight class, and his size and stuff, the the way he fights, he's definitely um, trying not to sneeze. He's definitely more well-rounded, the most well-rounded heavyweight I've seen in my time in watching mixed martial arts. Like you say, he's got the knockouts, he's got the submissions. You know, maybe he's not the best kicker if you're going to be picky. But and as you said, I mean, at his age, his chin is definitely not there. Mm-hmm. But um, so and that's that that's the thing that makes you all right with him walking away if he wants to walk away because I. Do we want to see Fedor get knocked out again? I think we'd all feel pretty bad if we saw that. All right. She she approached the camera. So <laughs> this is Halo. New uh, combat puppy. <laughs> Super chill. And uh, yeah. She's Halo. Uh, Halo. That's the official, official mascot of the uh, of combat hour. Coast to coast combat hour. Yep. So first camera time, but... Uh, there's the look. She likes to stare down, <laughs> stare down things and see what's going on. So, all right, I'll let her go. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, the basically when we talk about Fedor's chin, it, it just means that he's a normal heavyweight at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. Like, there's not a whole. I mean, I'm looking at this list right now, and all everybody on that list, other than Moldovsky, has pretty much had their lights turned out. Um, you know. I, I, I'm not sure about a couple of the lower guys. Obviously, not Maori. Maori's a huge heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I, to me, it's Fedor either waits for Bader to the Moldovsky fight, you know, to see if Bader wins. Maybe win or loss, he fights Ryan Bader. But I don't, I don't want to see him fight Czech Congo. Don't waste a fight on that. You know, there's certain guys yeah. that it's just it. We don't need it. It, it doesn't no. do any good. A win doesn't do Fedor any good. And no, your idea chance. is actually pretty good. I didn't even think about the team Fedor connection. So that's actually, uh, you know, Scott Coker, uh, uh, you know, I know Rich Chow's not there anymore as a matchmaker. So I know it's like him and a team of people. I forget. I don't know if they hired an official matchmaker yet. 
if they did i'm sure nolan king knows about it but um yeah i like that idea i mean him and bader and then i mean i i don't know about handing off a title but like you said if he wins and he hands off the title to the teammate, then it doesn't seem so bad as not fighting. Well, he would just be retiring, and yeah. then it would just make the interim title the mm-hmm. uh, the actual title. So, yeah. um, that I mean, that it all that all works. But I, you know, overall, I mean, it was I enjoyed the whole card from top to bottom. Yeah, um, Usman know. Nurmagomedov, you know, he picked up his 14th win. He's 14 and 0 now, and he's asking for, uh, you know, uh whatchamacallit, legit champions or whatever you want to call it. He wants to, he wants a step up in competition. So I would, I'm pretty sure uh, Bellator is going to oblige him. I know Georgie Car- Carrion tweeted today that, cause he, he made that comment at the, at the, you know, after he won. And so, so Georgie Car- Carrion's a vet Bellator vet. Well, he said, I'd gladly step in, send over the contract. He joked around and said, send me location and all that stuff. So I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. No, and uh, you know, and, and Tolly Tokov moves to thirty and three uh, at the middleweight. Like I said, I you know, when oh, this team Fedor, I was hoping to see maybe we get Tokov and uh, and Musasi now. Mm. Um, like I said, we still got Moldovsky and, and Nemkov still the title with his fight with Corey Anderson coming up. So really, I mean, just and then even Baby Fedor, uh, Kirill Sedelnikov, uh picked up a uh, a win in a, in a rare fight for him these days. Uh, you know, ground and pound yeah. TKO. So well, they they hooked up the card definitely because of the location of a lot of the. Well, the only one we didn't get was Andre Koreshkov because his opponent fell ill and they had to remove that fight because of that. So. You know, and I, I think a lot of things. I, I think something that we all lose perspective on is the wear and tear and the travel on these guys. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about Fedor looking as good as he's looked in a long time, and he fought in his backyard. You know, he probably got yeah. to sleep essentially. You know, at least in his uh, a familiar city, and and uh, you know, he's obviously traveled the world, but he's yeah. still you know, L.A. and all these places. It's a foreign country to him. Um, you know, what's funny about that though. He actually said in the post fight uh, media thing that he um. He actually prefers fighting in the states because, you know, it was it was like over there it was like the, a big you know you know uh-huh. the yeah. pressure is is and he was he, yeah so he was just like I, I'd rather fight he's like it's kind of just like yeah I show up I answer a couple questions come and fight and then I leave and he's like over here it was like the the news was following me everywhere and it was like a big you know which you would think I mean maybe if he was younger like you said he would he would be like oh this is cool but for someone that's on his officially said this is my retirement tour. Maybe he's just kind of like, yeah, let me get through these without. Yeah, no, I mean that makes sense too. I just, but I still think that something's there in in your, you know, your physical ability and you know the wear and tear, even if it's not something that you, you know, maybe not mentally but physically, um, it seems like that. You know, there's a reason why Japanese fighters historically seem to have problems coming to the United States, and um, you know, the travel and, and vice versa. You know. Uh, some could argue that that's, you know, look at Chuck Liddell going to pride and some mm-hmm. of those guys that were, were more used to fighting in the States. And then all of a sudden it's random travel, you know, if you've never done it a, a million times. So. Yeah. And even if you do all right at the beginning, I think it, it can take its toll on you. That's one of the things like even Dana White talking about, like uh, as much as he, the last at this, at the cost of Vittori thing during that post fight press conference, he was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is, I love it. This is easy for me to do these events from the apex, but, 
we got to start getting back on the road. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, I mean, even Fernando Gonzalez brought that up. You know, he had his little run there in ACA mm-hmm. and he was, you know, he enjoyed the travel, right. but he, yeah. but he said, he said it just, it got to him, you know, 18 hours of travel and, and uncertainties about where you're going and language barriers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Whereas now, you know, he's comfortable just kind of fighting anywhere he can get a fight in the United States just to kind of keep it a little bit more, uh, you know, homey and, and a little bit more, more comfortable to him. Mm-hmm. But, um, but overall, you know, good night for Bellator. Uh, I thought that, you know, you know, obviously Fedor winning is, is headline news and you got to see some of the people, like you said, we got to always deal with the MMA fans who, uh, you know, didn't get to watch the guy in his prime and, and yeah. they, they love speaking out about all this, you know, uh, you know, it, we, we've, we've talked about it ad nauseum about, you know, the, the UFC fan as opposed to the, as opposed to the MMA fan, but, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, a great win for Fedor, whether that's the last one or he has another one. I mean, it sets up a reason he's not just getting the gifted fight at this point. If he gets a good fight coming up, um, it will be one that he've earned coming off of this victory. So, um, you know, good for him. Hopefully if he has one more fight, hopefully it's, uh, somewhere I can get to. Cause I would, uh, I'd love the opportunity to, uh, to watch him compete one more time and perhaps get another win, uh, win in person, but huge win for him. Um, you know, that, that, that took kind of care of the, the weekend, you know, we did have the, the Costa, uh, Vittori fight. I wasn't able to catch the whole card. Uh, I did see the main fight. Yeah, no, um, not a bad card, but I mean, the, I, I, I gotta say, I, I'm, this is probably this coming weekend will be the last weekend of these early fucking cards. And I'm, I'm really, I mean, I don't mind an early card because of how late they usually go, but especially this one coming, this that we're going to talk about UFC 267, but, um, they're hard, they're hard to catch. I mean, I had to watch most of Bellator after it happened. I got, I got home just in time. Literally, uh, uh, Minikov's finger just dislocated when I walked mm-hmm. in, you know, turned on to watch the fights. And then the, the, that was the co-main event. And then the, then the main event happened with Fader. So I was super happy I caught that, but. You know, then I had to watch everything later that uh, by the time I caught up with that UFC, because you know how I how I do EFC, ESPN plus that's on the back back burner for me. But um, which uh, I'll get I'll probably rant about that more in a minute. But yeah, man, it's uh, this weekend, you know, the, this UFC two. if James Lynch didn't tell me on Sunday, I wouldn't have even known that it was another daytime card. It's going to be another early one for us. So I, I'm, I'm I'll be glad when they come to New York. <laughs> yeah, I mean this one's uh, back in on Fight Island, so I kind of get the early start. It does seem weird when they're doing them in Vegas at the Apex and they're starting mm. stuff as early as they are, especially with nothing, no late night competition, you know, no Canelo fight or anything no, like but that. The to thing is, dodge. it's their broadcast partner that they, they they have to do it then to 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 commit to their holding events on ESPN. They have to hold them. Have them broadcast on the on the stupid streaming platform, while ESPN puts everything else ahead of them: college ba- football, baseball, and all these other stick and yeah. ball shits that <laughs> I don't give a fuck about. No, I, I got you. But hey, the good news about this weekend is it's an old school. We're getting a pay per view mm-hmm. for you know, in theory, five ninety nine on ESPN Plus, or you know, along with your subscription. So it's not the end of the world, at least uh, it, it, for the fight fans that have been uh have been loyal it's nice to see them put the card when they had it you know it's obviously a card worthy of some pay-per-view dollars uh it's pretty stacked uh you know main card from start to finish bring it up now um but yeah i mean you know you start just right off the top you got the championship fight young blakovich glover Teixeira, 
Tixera, the uh, the longtime veteran of the sport, uh, you know, once had a fight against John Jones for the title. Oh, they have the odds up now. I looked at this on oh. Sunday; they weren't there. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you if you want to start from the top, or you want to scroll down the bottom and work our way back up for. Oh uh, uh, no, we can we can work out because this is a six fight main card. It looks like a, yeah, six fight so. main card, which uh, you know can can run a little long but uh, i i think there's a lot of action on this card so i don't necessarily see a ton of of uh decisions um we got the light heavyweight battle to kick it off uh megomed enkelev uh versus volkan oldismir uh, enkelev is uh got one loss in his career uh lost to paul craig literally with one second left in the fight mm-hmm. uh so he's one second away from <clears throat> undefeated and oldismir the uh the one-time title challenger mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking to kind of rebound uh, after a loss to Yuri Prokoska. And, uh, but, you know, obviously coming off, you know, prior to that wins over Rakic and uh, Latifi. Um, It's a good fight. Uh, It's a, it's a, you know, while, while Inkilev is, is ranked higher, I think it is a, you know, a bit of a step up um, from his Kuntalaba, you know, fights and, and, uh, but I, I think that, you know, at 15 to one, like I said, with his only loss, being, you know, you know, if had he survived one more second, I, I'm going to go with Ankilev to, uh, to actually pick up a, uh, a TKO win here. Uh, yeah. Late, late second, early third round. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I actually wrote a really, when, when Uzdemir was climbing the, the ranks and, and got his title shot, I wrote a, he was like the fastest climbing fighter of the year piece or whatever it was at Sherdog that year. And I wrote the piece on him. So it's weird when I, because it seemed like he got to the, you know, he got to the big show, quote unquote, the title shot. And then it just, I don't, I feel like we haven't had the same guy since, you know, so it's hard for me to pick him. So I, uh, I agree with you on, on that fight. This is the fight I think that a lot of folks are going to be interested in. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the hardcore fans have, uh, have jumped along the Cosmat Chimeyev, uh, you know, hype train. Uh, he fights Lee, Jing Lee Lang. Um, <laughs> You know, Chimeyev was, you know, he won a couple fights in a short period of time early on in the COVID fight island days. And then he ended up with COVID and My name we thought is he had re- Jangalang, You really got some <laughs> life? That movie life? <laughs> this made me think about that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and a lot of people all of a sudden started kind of thinking and be the next title challenger. He ends up with COVID. Uh, then we think he's going to be retired and, and just we don't really know where he's at. So, uh, that's where it kind of, this is not an easy fight for him. This, if they wanted to give him somebody to no, kind of tw- yeah. make sure that he had his, you know, wind and lungs were all good. And cause we all saw the video of him spitting up stuff and just seemed like he was in a horrific time. It's been a good, uh, a good, good amount of time though. And, and I just literally, while we were, while we were doing this, I checked social media and he's playing soccer in the lobby over there in Yaz Island. So yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure he's ready to go, but this is not, like I said, this is a tough fight. You know, I almost want to pick the leech, but at the same time, I'd love I like Chimeyev to to be that the prospect that we were kind of all hoping for. Um, so in that sense, I'm going to go with Chimeyev. I think he's uh, to use his wrestling. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think the leech is is too 
maybe tough of an opponent to be finished. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see that early knockout real quick finish that we had gotten used to early on uh, with some of his lighter competition, but I'll take Shemaev in this one in a, in a, uh, in a decision win, uh, kind of grinding it out. Maybe mm-hmm. not the most exciting fight, maybe one that kind of brings him back to earth a little bit, but one that where he kind of utilizes his, his, uh, his skills that um, seem to be on another level, um, which is, you know, kind of what's led to the excitement behind him, you know, with his wrestling base. Yeah. Yeah, uh, woof. <clears throat> I, I have to see, in all honesty. I have to see. I got to do a little more homework on, on, on Jang Lang. Jang Lang. <laughs> Jing Liang. <laughs> it's hard for me not to think of that. I just watched Life with, with my with my parents and my dad uh, on a couple of Sundays ago. So, um, But anyway, yeah, I... Um... <sighs> it's a tough fight. It's a tough yeah, fight. Like you what said, what were a... the odds on it? Can you scroll back I, one. I think I have to go to uh, here to see them. Hold on. Got to go back to the regular. He's he's, a, he's still Ooh. a favorite. Minus 590. Like a six, six to one favorite. If I bet money, I'm putting money on Jing Liang. Um, but but with the odds like that, it's hard to, you know, with an open pick. Not hard Yeah, to so I'm not betting on. I know I always talk shit about my onesies and stuff. I'm not <laughs> betting on this event because UFC 268 is next week, so and that's the one that uh, that you've gotta, been waiting I, for. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I swear to God, if something happens to if something happens to Chandler Gaethje, I don't even care about the other fights. If something happens to Chandler Gaethje, I'm throwing myself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm fan fanboying out for that a, a thousand percent. Because and I'm not even gonna try. I mean, we I well I know who I'm picking, but. I'm not going to be mad at whoever wins that fight. But anyway, we'll back to 267. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's going to be a heck of a fight, though, and, and, a, and a real challenge for uh, both of those fighters in that fight. Yeah. The third fight of the night, heavyweight battle. Alexander Volkov coming off of his loss to Cyril Ghan, uh fights Martin uh, Tibera on a five-fight win streak. You know, you kind of got the, uh, you know, two different – body types in a sense here you kind of got the well i mean they're both huge dudes yeah but, uh, i mean well this uh, uh volkov volkov's got that high yeah he just like he's got a reach advantage too of a couple of inches uh they do leg reach uh, so which matters but i mean listen it's 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 uh like you said it's it's two big boys it's some heavyweights so Somebody's getting knocked out. You know, if Tabura, if if you told me a hundred percent Tabura was going to try to do his takedowns and use his ground game, I'd probably mm-hmm. have to pick him. But it just seems like that that doesn't generally happen um, it, it, over a, a, the amount of time he's going to need to finish Volkov. Um, I think Volkov's striking and, and reach will be maybe too much uh, for Tabura, and I think he'll eventually land some kind of kick to the body. Or just kind of a long jab that kind of just throws him off and, and I gotta, finishes him from there. Is Volkov? I gotta look at the, his. I have to look at his record now. But is Volkov? Is he the one that that fought Derek Lewis and was like yeah, acting? Yeah. yeah well, he had. Yeah, he had the fight one until the last eight seconds or <laughs> whatever it was, and that that so really as, changed, as long, changed the whole history of. As long as he doesn't do that, I'm going with him too. Yeah, but I, I just you know. Like I said, his weakness is the ground is being out wrestled, but I don't know if Tabura has the the strength and the ability to do the multiple takedowns that it'll take to to grind that one out. So yeah, I'm, I'll take Volkov. Probably, uh, you know, like similar to the first fight, kind of a late second round, third round. Uh, like I said, deep kick, something you know, liver kick, something that just kind of you know changes the momentum, and then he finishes with the TKO. Is kind of how I see that one unfolding. Mm-hmm. 
the next fight of the evening. Islam. Dan Hooker returns on a quick turnaround coming off of his uh, last UFC pay-per-view win over Hasperat. Uh, takes on Islam Makchaev, mm. uh, one of the guys that everybody's dodged. You know, not dodged, but nobody uh, really wants to fight. And At 20-1 and one with uh, the dominant performances he's put on, um, you can understand why. Uh, Hooker, always game, uh, seems to be getting better uh, as he as he as he continues to fight, he's got 10 losses again, but uh, a lot of that is, I think the learning curve uh, into becoming a great fighter for him. So, and then, um, and, and then it's, a, I mean, then the losses later, the recent ones are like to like, you look at who they're to and you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. That's what know? I mean. Poor. Yeah. And they're in wars. He's not, he's not going yeah. down. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I mean. That's kind of the learning curve when a guy goes and, and you know, this is fight. I, it, to me, this isn't a great matchup for him. Um, I, I, Mechchaev has just been so dominant. It's hard to not see him kind of winning this fight, uh, especially with it being a kind of a late notice for Hooker and all the travel <laughs> Hooker's had to do with the, you know, between countries and having the issue getting, even getting to the, to the you know, the last uh, pay-per-view, uh, 266, and um, last minute kind of not knowing if the fight's going to go down. Maybe he'll be more comfortable with this fight, having it, you know, arriving there and everything kind of going, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I got to go with Makchaev. I, I just I think that he'll be able to get the fight down to the ground, and um, I, you know, this might be a decision just because Hooker's tough as hell. Uh, yeah, but, but check, I, that's I, actually a good one to check the odds on. I'm gonna look at them now because I would guess three to one or so. No, it's easy six and a half to one. See, the odds are almost worse than are actually worse than the <laughs> Shamea fight. So yeah. people, I guess, are kind of seen it the same way. I, I just you know, but but. It's you know Hooker is so game if he can hurt you early on. Um, yeah, and he's got those. He got he's got knees that are like uppercuts. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, exactly. yeah I, I uh I mean that and that's to me that's the thing that that's uh and he's got reach. It looks like he's got the height and reach advantage. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls it off. Uh, let me look at these again. He was underdog, right? Oh yeah, big underdog. He's about. I mean, not for nothing. If I'm if I'm a betting man. And I am, but I'm not for this event. Like that's a nice little parlay, right? A there. little two fight parlay would be <laughs> yeah. quite a, quite good odds. Um, but, Jangalang uh, and Hooker, Jangalang. <laughs> 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 All right, um, but uh, so who'd you say you're going with? I, I'm going with Makchaev by by decision, but mm. I think a fairly dominant one, um, barring you know Hooker landing something early and I'm and, gonna, not, and uh, throwing him off. Maybe some leg kicks that stop the take. Yeah, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a, I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> off of this one, so I'm actually gonna go Hooker, Hooker by TKO. I feel like he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna surprise us with it with the, with that uh that leg reach. Yeah, yeah he could, that, you this could I mean? be a fight where he shows that experience, having yeah. been there with tough guys. Maybe, maybe this is the one where he uh he comes. Out Although, of- I mean, you also have to take in, you just mentioned it when we opened up this fight, quick turnaround. So you have to wonder, you know, like you, we just finished talking about travel, where and all that stuff. So you know. Yeah, no, there's a lot there's a lot yeah. involved with this fight island and still the, the quarantine things mm-hmm. and the different countries. So yeah, we'll so. see how it goes. But uh yeah, I, I mean again, just fight after fight just stacked on this card. So yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really I'm, I'm, uh it, it is a treat for ESPN plus people, I guess, if you have it. <laughs> so like am I am I gonna be able to go to a bar and watch this? Like how am I supposed to, you know, I don't have ESPN plus. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. anyway. Moving on. <laughs> moving, moving on to the first of our two title fights. 
uh, or not not title fights. Actually, I'm sorry. This is the interim title fight because Sandhagen, uh, or not Sandhagen, uh, Al uh, Sterling uh, is is still out with some uh, the neck uh, vertebrae the neck injury, issues. vertebrae, yeah, surgery. Uh, Peter Yan, Corey Sandhagen. Uh, Peter Yan was the champion before being disqualified and and, and handing the belt over to Ajo. Um, Sandhagen has been impressive as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as impressive as any fighter in the last year in the UFC, but um, Peter Yan just seemed to me like he's on another level uh, prior to the, the Sterling fight and even up until the finish of that Sterling yeah, fight. Yeah, up until he, he forgot the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I, I, so I'm going to go with him. I, I, I probably am leaning, I guess. Well, it's a five round in a five round fight. I'll go with Jan with a, about a fourth round late, late finish. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he, you know, he might just, but we're going to find out like, to me, this is kind of this division, you know, he fought Faber. He fought Aldo who is obviously though, is yeah. competitive, but he kind of fought some older statesmen in the division and, and, and um, but he was handling, you know, the number one contender Sterling up until mm-hmm. the DQ. So I got to lean his way, but yeah. you know, Sandhagen seems to have kind of that it factor. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, about it. He's also, um, I mean, he's also, again, if we're looking at the, at the, at the dimensions of them here, he's got a height and reach advantage. He's, he's uh you always hear me talk about the ectomorph build. He's got that build, which is seems to benefit uh, fighters in combat sports. Um, you know, you could look at the data or the piece I wrote on Medium if you want to see the proof or evidence of that. The John Joneses, the Tony Ferguson's, you know what I mean. Um, but like you said, I mean, I was really impressed with as and you know, obviously I'm a Aljamain Sterling fan because he's a one of our Northeast martial artists, but um. I was impressed with with uh, Peter Yan, so I think uh, I'm with you on that one. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight, though. Yeah, that, that might be fight of the night on the card. And, and this one, man, I mean, tough fight to pick. Yeah, it really and, is. And it's you know what's funny about it? I mean, if we're looking at at it from the way fans look at fights now, as far as the the popularity or whatever, the fact that this is all this is like a free pay per view or whatever they're doing in ESPN Plus cheap whatever this is, um, it just seems like like this division right now because of what happened with John Jones because of how Blockowitz got the title, um, it's not getting the love again like just like Fedor didn't get a lot of love last week when he should have, you know because just think about it Teixeira's kind of at the end of his career too right. Like, oh yeah, Teixeira's definitely more. Yeah. You know, he's uh he's forty forty one years old. So yeah, this is definitely probably his last his last run at it. Yeah. So this is this is something that I mean, again, I, I, Nolan King tweeted asking it earlier today about um before we started recording, um you know the if he wins how this could be one of the best comebacks of the sports history, and then, can you think of any other? And and I chimed in with uh like Michael Bisping towards the end of his career when he won the middleweight title. Like you this know, is up there with that. If I, if the, if I see that happen, you know. No, and and but I, the way I also look at it is, you know, Blakovich is is thirty eight. Uh, Tixer is forty one. They almost have similar, um, at least the last several years in the UFC is kind of a similar pattern. Um, both of them were basically one fight away from <laughs> from retirement, or at mm-hmm. least being left of the UFC. And at kind of the same time, they both started their their rally. And um, you know, Blakovich obviously 
got the title shot prior to Teixeira, but really the roles could be reversed here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they easily, you know, easily Teixeira could have got that fight with Reyes and that could have set up and he, and he could have pulled that off for the, you know, for the interim or the title at the time. And um, it, so there's, there's a lot of mirroring factors here. Um, it, it, and I, I, as somebody who, you know, remembers the days of, you know, when Teixeira came up, he start came into the UFC, he was like 15 or 16 and 0. Um, there was a lot of talk about him being like a, a guy who trained under Chuck Liddell, but was fighting yeah. in Brazil. And yeah. you didn't see a lot about him. Um, I heard about him just because there was a West Coast thing. And, you know, I, that, so I was able to, along with, you know, along with being a hardcore fan, but it, and then he jumped in the UFC and he kind of made a splash. Uh, and then you know got it built worked up to a title fight with John Jones and then it kind of you know you thought okay he's like 36 37 you know it's it's over and then it's just been a, a slow build up back to a, a total uh you know rejuvenation of his career yeah the story would be outstanding if he would win um I think he has a damn good chance of winning. I believe he's like a two or three to one underdog two and a half to one underdog so it's he's a fair underdog in this fight but um He's definitely a live dog. I'm not sure how. Man, I. Did we look at those? Let me look. Everything. At everything about me wants Glover Teixeira to win this fight, and not because I have any dislike yeah. for. Uh, yeah, about a two and a half to one underdog. Mm-hmm. Blakovich is about a three to one favorite. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the old man's strength here. Not that, <laughs> like, not that Jan's uh, super. Uh, you know, young in his time, but I'm gonna go with Teixeira finishing this storybook. Um, maybe tiring out surviving. We saw uh, when I was in Nashville against OSP, he's got the submission game. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm wondering if, you know, we get uh, Blakovich into, you know, he went five rounds with Adesanya, but Adesanya was an undersized guy to him. I think here you got two guys who are going to be giants in the cage. Uh, and let's, I'm going to go with the veteran experience of Tixera to figure out a way to, mm. to, you know, take advantage of the last yeah. shot of his career and, and pull off a, uh, I don't, I, I, I either think a late submission or I think like a three to two, three rounds to two decision and maybe even a split decision where he just squeaks it by. But, uh, and I can see these guys fighting again down the road while the rest of the division kind of sorts itself out right now. Um, uh, following Jones exodus from the division, but I'm mm. going to go with Tixera and, um, and and there's a little bit of like you said not homerism but uh you know wanting the story to be complete uh with him winning but um i think it's still a coin flip despite what the odds say yeah man i um you know what i i uh, i i would like to see that too as as a was one old man watching another older old man fight in in the ufc it would it would be it would make something nice for uh just for the sport and i think we need something nice for mma lately with all the circus shit going on uh as of late so yeah and i mean you know what when you're looking at these like what do we say it was this it was a uh, hooker jangling i wouldn't i maybe even add uh i don't know that's probably a little too dangerous but it's not know. out of the question though to have a big a big the, the, underdog the, the, parlay yeah yeah and, and really hit it you know yeah because yeah, there, be, the, there could be three or four upsets on that main card yeah, I mean, and that the, they're obviously running the the prelims. I mean, the, the first it starts at ten thirty a.m. my time. Um, so, like, if this was on regular ESPN, this would be the main, like ESPN, like main, like this is a. Uh, I think uh, one of the things I mentioned this on on my, the vlog thing I do for MMAnews.com, you know, the strawweight division is it's especially like you mentioned earlier the news with Joanna, uh, former champion. 
and the other straw weights, like when these ladies are, are there's um, uh, Marina Rodriguez, and one of these two ladies are going to start, you know, making their claim for uh, for the who's who's the top straw weight. So I think folks need to start watching the UFC women's straw weight division too, because it looks like it's going to start, it's going to get become a lot of fun by like first second quarter of 2022. Yeah, because you got the Weili Zhang and, and uh, Rose rematch mm-hmm. coming up uh, next yeah. week and. In a week and a half now, and uh, and that'll and that'll kind of clear up, you know. That might lead to a trilogy, depending on how that unfolds. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, but like you said, the, the division seems to be building. Um, some of those, you know, teen ranked fighters, the ten to fifteen ranked, seem yeah. to be making making a move, and and that's what you really want to see to keep the uh, progression of the division. Is you need that lower level of the rankings to continue to progress to mm. uh, create the new new contenders for the eventual champions. So I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, you know, still, uh, like I said, riding the, the wave of Fedor, but uh, if anything was going to kind of be the dessert to, uh, to that lat this past weekend, uh, this is a hell of a run by the UFC to give us this card. And uh, you know, whether yeah, you two, do some... two weekends of big pay-per-views. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, it's what it's four title fights and, and between this week and next week, it's four title fights and, and one, fucking fire match with uh chandler gaethje uh it's right now right now i think it's uh it's a good way to start ramping up the end of the year and plus we got tomorrow night pfl finals we got a couple of couple of millionaires gonna walk home with some title belts and, and some extra money and i have a feeling i have a feeling pfl will probably move networks just call it a hunch <laughs> <laughs> They've never never done that yet. <laughs> yeah, they have. They're taking I mean, the yeah. Combate Global path of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of well, I mean, because they went from NBC Sports to ESPN slash ESPN Plus, and um, I guess that's only been the two. I, yeah, but, so but like I mean, I w- I don't know. You know, we've seen Dan Lambert, and he's brought some uh, some mm, talent. I, 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 see I, what you're I, I I wouldn't mind seeing <laughs> some uh, some TNT PFL if it, if that happens. But it'd be interesting to see what their yeah. deal is with one. They haven't had a one event in a while. I don't know if that contract is still in place, if they were happy with the things there, but it well, seems to have kind of, I'll faded. tell you what, I'll tell you before we, we, we close out, I'll tell you what my, this is my guess. I mean, and I have nothing to base it on cause I'm, I'm just a, a poor dick bag in Jersey over here. But uh, my guess is, I mean, cause I, TNT, TNT is obviously interested in martial arts because of the one events. And the whole Bleacher Report thing, and the thing is, you know, they they, they see the the numbers that they get, and they know they can get more if they, if they had like say the more live events, mm-hmm. and they would have that, they would have it with the PFL because that's you know they're based in the United States, they can they can do things on their clock versus Singapore time, which mm-hmm. is one makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. To me. And, yeah, and the seasonal format fits in nicely, so that they don't have to worry about constantly trying to put you know like they do with AEW Dynamite. They were on uh, the last few Saturdays. Now they're going back to Wednesday this week. But, you know, they don't have to worry about that because it's only a season that they have to worry about with the Professional Fighters League. So, you know, that's just Yeah, you know, uh, in a perfect world for me, they'd move the PFL to Sunday nights. And, uh, you know, TNT doesn't have a lot of things on Sunday night. They don't, their basketball games are usually, I think on Tuesday, Thursdays, mm-hmm. um, they have the NBA contract and they got, you know, if you had a basket, if, if TNT were to have basketball on Tuesday and Thursday 
and then have AEW on Wednesday, have Dynamite on Fr- or uh, Rampage on Friday, AEW, and then and then maybe Sunday night at PFL. I think that they really could start to establish well, themselves. They're, they're as a moving Dynamite. I think they're moving Dynamite to TBS. TBS. Yeah. So so the, the, that's a slot. I mean, yeah. I'm no, there there is that too. There is yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's a slot and PFL. And Wednesday PFL finals that, are, is on a Wednesday sense. night, yeah. You know, but so. it just but but TNT and TBS are, are sister brother companies, so they're not going to go against each other. So it, either AEW would have to not be Wednesday night on TBS, or because they're not they're, or they're not follow gonna, them, yeah, or ha- have them follow or, fo- or follow. You them, know, like yeah. the prelims, they're usually eight. As the prelims happen, by the time the main card happens, they could they did it with one. Why not do it with with your homegrown profile? But anyway, that's just me, you know, throwing shit at the see. wall. Yeah, yeah. No. we saw the prediction of Mike Perry earlier today uh, by yeah. one of your uh, by one of your coworkers, and uh, you know, we'll see if you hit this one on the head. But uh, <laughs> you know, until then, uh, again, check us out at allaccessmma.com. Uh, you can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Till then, Ed, uh, whether you uh, subscribe, uh, I'm sure you'll figure out a way to watch these fights. And, uh, and then the mega week next week between uh, the mega UFC New York. We got BKFC New York, Beltran uh, Adams Heavyweight Championship, and we got Canelo uh, also fighting all on the same day. So uh, November 6th is going to be a, a hell of a week to talk about as well. Jingalang, jingalang. Get your jingalang parlay in. And if you win, I want credit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.